The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 317 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from medical practice. Our topic today is India Rainbow Community Services Confront Elder Abuse. Now, abusing elderly people in any way contradicts the very idea of family caregiving. In many cultures, abusing elderly people denies family caregivers obligations which hold that the children of elderly parents are duty-bound to give their highest priority to caring for the parents. But there's one exception, which is when the children have children of their own, then the children's children have priority, though the duty to the aging parents continues. In the North American culture, legislation exists to protect seniors, to protect them from abuse by their family caregivers, to protect them from abuse by healthcare professionals and personal support workers. Um, these personal support workers often visit, and so do healthcare professionals, um, in facilities in which the elderly live. Um, or they visit the elderly in their homes. But talking back about the legislation, it's unclear how effective the legislation really is in preventing elder abuse. Now, in all cultures, elder abuse concerns because occurs because of concerns, and the concerns include physical, psychological, and financial stress on families and family caregivers. Uh, The abuse can occur because of quarrelsome behavior within families. It can occur because of incomprehensible behavior, such as aggression on the part of elderly people. And it occurs in elderly people who are deprived of love, care, and attention, and it occurs in elderly people who are affected by dementia, depression, or discomfort from serious pain. All of which is why our topic, India Rainbow Community Services Confront Elder Abuse, is so important. To discuss it, um, my guest, our guest, is Kamalesh Visavadia. Kamalesh has 30 years of experience in human services field in two continents, beginning as 
summer camp counselor with a non-profit agency in England, where he later became a manager at Leicester City Council. In 2000, the year 2000, he moved to Canada. There he was appointed health promotion officer with the region of Peel, which is not far from Toronto, where he advanced to become human services department manager. He then was appointed executive director of a community mental health agency in Toronto. And he's currently the director, category A, of senior services at India Rainbow Community Services of Peel. This is a multi-service agency that provides culturally and linguistically appropriate services to the Peel immigrant community. And it enables integration, it supports settlement, social services, health and educational needs. Now, Kamalish is a creative leader. He's focused on new methods of service delivery that improve the client experience. He's an effective consensus builder of partnerships and strategic alliances among health, community and government sectors. So welcome to the show, Kamalish. Oh, thank you, Gordon. Right. Now, first, it's my pleasure to be around. Wonderful. Now, first question for you. Please tell us a little bit more about your career and any experience you've personally had with family caregiving. Well, I mean, as you said, um, I've been involved in the, the sector for over 30 years um, and had varied experiences from, um, as I said, from even as of earlier than that, I was a volunteer for quite a number of years. Um, I started at the age of 14, volunteering, and that's the where I started sort of actually getting into and actually uh, my mind was set regarding going into the human services sector to help uh, enable and empower people really to um, sort of carving out their own lives. Um, so my early days were, was, were in England, uh, spent um, a lot of time working with the community uh, and also went to university at the, in England as well. So I got a lot of my training, uh, my first years of experience in that in England. And that gave me the foundation, really, to where I am now. Um, gave me the, the knowledge, the experience, um, um, and the outlook as well to the, the caring profession. So my caring, my sort of family caregiver piece comes in where my sister, who was uh, disabled, um, I used to sort of, you know, literally take her everywhere in her wheelchair and actually look after her and, and provide a lot of care um, to her and, you know, provide her a lot of times going out and everything else. So that was my first experience of actually caregiving in an official, unofficial way where as a, as a brother, older brother, I never sort of thought about it as a second thought. It was my duty, it was my responsibility, and it was my honor, really, to look after my sister. So right. that was my first experience, and that went over through my my late years, uh, and still I still keep in touch with her. She lives in England, I live in Canada, um, and we talk on a regular basis still as well, uh, and talk quite openly about th different things. So that right. was my sort of experience, and then when I moved to Canada, um, I was lucky enough to get the position with the region of Hill, um, and as you mentioned, just outside Toronto, north of north. Uh, west of Toronto, um, which has a population of about one point, at the moment, currently 1.2 million, uh, a very high concentration of South Asian communities live in the, the region of Peel. Um, in Brampton, where I live, uh, more than 50% of the population is uh, from a South Asian background. 
Um, now, Kamalesha, I'm going to interrupt you there because of the yep. tyranny of time, because I want to go to the next question, which is, I want you to tell us about the India Rainbow Community Services. You've mentioned the community. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the services so, that um, India Rainbow provides. Kamalesha? Yeah, the service that we provide, we're a multi-service agency, um, so we provide um, a variety of uh, services. So we start with uh, new immigrant population who have access to our employment services, uh, language classes, and um, sort of citizenship classes as well that come along. Um, so they, they are our first contacts with, with the, the agency. We have a, a fairly large population that use that service on a regular basis. We have two, three sites that uh, across the region of Peel that provide that service. Um, we also provide a uh, violence against women program, um, and that's a, a very um, intensive counseling uh, session for women who are uh, involved in domestic violence um, and who have experienced that. So that's a very... Um, so it's a very interesting and uh, developing and expanding program that we have. Plus, we have a, a children and youth program where children, um, especially who have um, issues at home and especially around relationships with their parents, um, are usually put in touch with us and we mediate and we help uh, and we sort of try to get back uh, the whole family unit together if we can. If not, provide alternatives that uh, they, they can move, move on to in their lives. Um, and the third aspect is our wellness and seniors program. Uh, we have a day program and a wellness program that we provide. So with a wellness program, we have about 350 um, uh, seniors who access that program uh, on a once-a-week basis, and they're fa- fairly um, uh, able and uh, you know, can get around and are still uh, w- are active in the community. And then our day program is the ones that we provide where seniors who need the extra help, uh, who need uh, have uh, things like dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, who need that extra help, need extra support, um, they come to our day set day programs from the sort of around 8.39 till around 4.30 program that we have. So right, now I'm uh, going to stop you again because of the time, uh, but you will get an opportunity, I okay. promise, to fill, fill all this in. Yeah. I want you to tell us a little bit about your work with the mm-hmm. Rainbow Community Services. In other words, what do you do? do you? So, um, uh, as you know, I'm, um, I'm the currently the uh, acting director of senior services for India Rainbow. Uh, my role is basically to ensure that the programs that we provide at our three sites um, in uh, Mississauga and Brampton is actually uh, our sort of well-resourced, uh, strategically aligned to what we're doing and looking at the future. So I provide the leadership and the management overall um, for those three programs. We have staff that actually deliver the frontline work as well. Um, so we have uh, staff that are activity assistant coordinators, coordinators, program leads, who have different roles uh, within the activities that we provide for our day programs. So my role is actually to ensure that all those things are running effectively, efficiently, um, and all the resources that we need are there for them to actually carry on with that work as well. And also do the strategic thinking for the future for new developments uh, uh, and new activities and new funding uh, opportunities that exist as well. Just a question about the geography, so to speak. Is India Remo Community Services or are these services all in one 
place, one in, under one roof, or are they spread out through the community? Yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, it's spread out around the community. So we have five sites uh, in the region of Peel that are spread out. So uh, primarily they're based either in Mississauga. So we have two sites in Mississauga and three sites in Brampton. Um, so they are quite spread out. And geographically, um, there is, I would say, a fairly distance between our, our Mississauga site and our most notably Brampton site, really. So, yeah, so we just provide from five sites. We are looking at expanding to other sites if funding is available uh, to actually reach out more people and actually provide better services or to the communities that currently don't access our service. Just very quickly, please list for us the um, communities that you're serving. In other words, what is the India Rainbow in terms of the types of communities and so, people so comprising? It's uh, mainly the, the, the South Asian community. So, um, and that actually is a fairly large population, really. Uh, and that could be um, speaking diverse languages as well. So about the, the five main languages that we have, and also we have staff who speak different other languages that uh, so it's uh, Urdu, Punjabi, Hindi, uh, Gujarati, and Tamil are the five key uh, languages that we have. Um, we know that we can provide, we have adequate staff in our centers that we can provide um, language translations and, and help with the languages we use. But if we have other, age, uh, other people from different languages, um, and who speak different languages, then we have other staff that we can call upon or other translators that we can call upon. But the, it's primarily a South Asian population. Um, so, and, and, you know, in theory, and we don't have that, that's our primary target, but if we have other people who don't speak the language uh, come and access our service, then they're more than welcome to do that uh, because the majority of the la uh, service that we provide in terms of all our um, interaction with people with primarily through English uh, right. and where uh, so it necessitates we do speak in the, the mother language that we need to it sometimes with especially with seniors that might be the only language that they know and they understand so that right. might be the only way we can sort of communicate with them now it's time where I always say we have to pay the rent that is to say we have to take a short break short now break. this is Dr. Gordon Asley and my guest is Kamala Zivedia. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Question, what's working and what's not working in your life? Though we resolve each year to do things differently and we want what's great for our businesses, our relationships, our health, and more, we don't always know where to turn when life gets tough. 
That's where Leading Life Large with host Rob Braun comes in. Our show challenges you to reevaluate where you are and keep pushing your way to the success you desire. If you want it bad enough, we can help you turn your life around. Leading Life Large airs Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Kamalesh Vizivalia. Our topic is India Rainbow Community Services Confront Elder Abuse. So now let's talk about elder abuse. Kamalesh, please tell us what elder abuse actually is. Please. Yeah, I mean, it's in, in sort of in, in easier terms, there is a fairly defined um, meaning of what elder abuse is. So it's defined as a single or repeated act or lack of appropriate action occurring within a relationship where there is an expectation of trust which causes harm or distress to an older person. And that's the official one that I, uh, in the region appeal and uh, we use um, at uh, India Rainbow. And that's from uh, the World Health Organization, and they released that one in 2002. So, you know, it could, the abuser may be a family member, it could be a friend, neighbor, someone providing personal care or a professional care giving services. So that's what elder abuse is. Um, so, and that's a, a fairly well-defined uh, term that a lot of the agencies now use uh, because it's, come, it's, it's actually um, from a well, um, well, really, really a, a professional organization that's done a lot of research around this piece as well, which is the World Health Organization. Right. Now, let's ask you this question. How is elder abuse actually recognized, and how well in practice is it recognized? Kamalish? Um, there are signs and symptoms of elder abuse, um, and sometimes there's a piece which is a fine line for a lot of professionals. Um, you know, like suspicious, if you have a suspicious or unexplained fractures or bruises or injuries, you know, if there's bad, uh, bad hygiene, uh, poor hygiene, you know, there's, uh, on a constant basis, you say, I mean, as health professionals, we're seeing bed sores on a regular basis. Um, so that's another sign. Anxiety, depression, fear of, you know, going anywhere or people touching them or talking to them. Um, you know, if you see elder, you know, elderly people who are sort of dehydrated, malnourished, um, and you know that that's another a good sign. Um, you know, there's isolation in an unnecessary confinement. If not, if you know that uh, your neighbour uh, has uh, an elder who lives with their, their loved ones and has never been let out, or so they, there are certain, those are sort of, sort of telltale signs. So there's a fine line in some of the pieces, um, like you know, unexplained fractures. Sometimes people don't remember. You know, if they hurt themselves or they fall, 
Um, so they, they are some fine lines, but those are the sort of key symptoms and symptoms and signs of elder abuse. Right. Now, please tell us what is actually known about elder abuse in the communities you serve, that is the communities served by India Rainbow Community Services. So, What's the I mean, pattern? Yeah, elder abuse, I mean, elder abuse is a, a recent, well, it's not, there's not much known about it. Um, there is very, very little known about it because uh, currently as a, an, as a South Asian uh, community, we tend to actually um, keep everything isolated, uh, confined, and internalized. So not, many, not much of those things are, re- are reported. No one actually reports a lot of those things to actually the police or, or any other places. Or, um, so there is little known about it. The pieces that we have, no, we do know about it. Is it does exist? Um, agencies like ours have noticed that on a on a regular basis that these things exist, and we're raising these issues with the caregivers that we work with um, by actually saying, "Here's some of the signs. Here's some of the things that you know. Um, if you are having issues uh, regarding you know a personal hygiene or, or issues with your your loved ones." Here's some of the resources that you can sort of turn to to give you more extra support so that you don't get to that point where, you know, those things occur, those uh, abuses occur within the house. Um, so so the, the physical ones are very, very noticeable and actually we can deal with. It's those ones which are not um, noticeable, and there are some things that um, are not noticeable around financial pieces as well that... Um, where some of the elderly, elderly have some uh, money coming in, and a lot of those monies are actually used for alternative purposes by the family members. Um, so there are some of those things that are coming through now that we're, we're seeing, but that's still only a tip of the iceberg. You know, there are more and more that are, still exist that need um, support and services that don't get access to it or don't know how to access those services and support as well. So we're raising it slowly. It's something that's raised by uh, a number of agencies, um, and we're part of a network uh, within the regional appeal that is uh, the appeal elder abuse appeal uh, network that actually exists just to raise that awareness within the regional appeal as well. Now let me just go back to something you said. You you give a what I'd call a briefing that is explanation to people you call caregivers mm-hmm. um, on things to recognise, particularly the physical things. Mm-hmm. Now let me just ask you: when you were talking about caregivers that then, were you talking mm-hmm. about the people I call family caregivers, or were you talking about what I'll call the professionals or the um, you know? Um, personal support workers as well or instead? Um, well, we, we provide uh, mainly the caregivers, which are the family members. Um, so because we're, we're the, they're the ones that we're in connect, in, uh, connected with quite often. Um, but at the same time, we do provide professional training and other uh, pieces for other professional caregivers as well who are, you know, personal service workers and that. Um, to look at uh, to look at some of the signs and symptoms as well, because some you know what happens is a very few popular numbers of population uh, elders that come to our sites and use our services. 
the numbers are a lot bigger. And what they do, they get personal support workers coming into their own house to provide those services. Sometimes they're the ones that we need to actually talk to and actually train to look at some of those symptoms. And actually, they are the ones that can see the the variations. And, you know, if there is certain things that are happening on a regular basis, there are bruises on their bodies on a regular basis, which they can't, they don't get, have an explanation for, or they're seeing that the person is being malnourished or dehydrated. And some of the other pieces, those are the ones that actually can bring those things uh, and bring that up as well. So we do provide uh, support and services and training uh, where needed to those professionals as well. Uh, but majority of time our work is done with our own caregivers that we have access to on a more regular basis, uh, and we raise those issues as well with them. You know, sometimes it's not done uh, intentionally as well. Sometimes it's done unintentionally um, because it's, it gets to a point where those caregivers are really tired, are fatigued, um, have got to their breaking point as well. And what we say is, how can we support you to make sure that you don't get to that point uh, and at the same time you still provide a very uh, adequate support and services and uh, to the, your loved ones as well? So it's, it's a very thin line sometimes we, we, we have to balance as well because it's, we, play, we have to play on both sides. We have to talk to the caregivers who may be the abuser and, you know, work with the, uh, the seniors who are being abused as well. So, you know, it sometimes it's playing uh, both sides of the, the coin um, so, uh, is, is quite tricky for us as well. Yeah. Now, let me just extend this question of who does the recognition? Um, talked about professional and family caregivers. Um, yeah. Now, what about neighbours? What about people who aren't really connected with the family, uh, but maybe live in the same building as, um, or have got to know an elderly person, and yeah. who recognise this this friend, shall we say, recognises yeah. the kind of things you've been talking about? Well, first of all, are they entitled to? Uh, make any kind of suggestion that something is going wrong? And if so, who would they make it to? And this is where, the, this is where some of the, the, the legislation piece is not very clear for us. Um, there is a, I mean, for us, we, what we say is if they, people see abuse, uh, for the, uh, an elder abuse going on, um, they have the, the duty to report it to the police. They can ring the police and say, okay, uh, and, and gener generically tell them what's happening. Um, poli the police will only investigate, especially with the region appeal, uh, for somebody who's been abused who's over 65. So they will investigate, they will take the complaint. And uh, so I have some statistics like, say, uh, in 2013, we had 54 cases that were reported to the police. Um, and after investigation, uh, 15 criminal uh, uh, charges were laid um, against uh, the, uh, the the abuser. So, so that that's where, if you do report it, the more reporting we get to the police, the more actions they can take as well, and they can investigate as well. So, what we say is, if you're a neighbour and if you're living in the same building and you see something that's not right, call the police. They they will actually their best 
placed to actually investigate it. Um, and then what, what happens after that is they have, then they may bring in other agencies as well that they know of in the local area to provide support, provide any other uh, sort of services that is that's needed for that as well. So that's what we suggest to people is actually just call the police. Um, plus we have, you know, there, there is also uh, an elder abuse support program um, uh, telephone line that we have that um, since it started in 2007, we've had 1,400 calls um, that's come in there since then. Um, and that's uh, on the increase as well. The calls are increasing every year. So it's served over, I would say, about five plus 500 plus seniors who actually rang in and say, look, here's something that I've experienced or I want to talk to somebody about. Um, so there's that piece available. There's also seniors who, you know, so if you're, if you're a neighbor and you see there may be a possibility that you can give a number to them saying, hey, ring this number, who can give you more support and more advice as well uh, about what's going on with you. So there's a couple of pieces in here for me. Um, so first and foremost is call the police. Um, it's our duty. Uh, it's our responsibility if you see abuse of any kind, uh, elder abuse or child abuse. Um, we, it's our duty and our responsibility to call the police and inform them about it. Right. Now, it's very, it's very clear to me as a quick comment back to you on what you've been saying, that you as an organization and you as an individual take this very seriously and the community is taking it seriously and that things are moving in the right direction in a way that encourages more and better care um, the, the kind of care that's needed, the kind of care that you're you're provided, you're providing, and will go on providing. Um, now, in the next segment, which we're going to in a moment, we'll be talking about what we call the confronting of the uh, uh, the abuse, the elder abuse, and that's basically the question of well, okay, it's been reported, it's been found, has this elder abuse? What do we do? How do we how do we deal with it? Uh -huh. So. Before we get into that segment, which is segment three, let's take the break, and we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Asley, and my guest is Kamalesh Vizivadia. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week. Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Kamalesh Visivadia. Our topic is India Rainbow Community Services Confront Elder Abuse. So now let's talk about the confronting of elder abuse. So Kamalesh, First, please tell us about the ways in which elder abuse in the form of physical abuse is confronted. Um, So, depending on what the situation and context is, um, we have a couple of ways that we do confront. I mean, especially the physical abuse is fairly, you can see that happening right in front of your eyes. Um, You know, you can see... The, the elder or the seniors are being pushed or being hit or slapped, um, you know. So you can see, and especially with some of, uh, some of our uh, seniors that we get sometimes, um, if they get too much, you know, too little medicine or not too or get too much medicine, you can see some of those those actually pieces. And then we what we do is we actually ask, you know, we talk and we ask the caregiver. We come from them up front saying, you know, this is what we've noticed. Um, is there something that we should know about? Or is there, uh, you know, it's a concern to us that, you know, the seniors coming in with, um, you know, too much medicine that they've taken or... Uh, so, as a preface, health professional, we know some, some of those signs, which we can confront straight away and actually um, talk to the caregivers and actually ask for some explanation. And also talk to them about our concerns um, that if we, you know, if we see it on a more regular basis, here's some of the things that we may need to do as well. Um, but usually the discussion is the, the first piece that we do, confront with them um, and, and say, you know, we've seen it, we've seen this happening on a more on a regular basis. And if it's something that carries on, we, we as a, an agency have the duty to do something about it as well. So, now, you know, we've already, we, we, we make them actually before when they come into our program, we explain all those pieces as well to them. They sign off on some of those, um, the, the legal agreements that we have, that we have a duty and we have a, an obligation to actually report anything that we think is not right as well. I was just going to ask you the question, well, what happens in the sad situation where you've been through what I'll call this first stage mm-hmm. of Questioning, giving advice, and later you discover that, in fact, the situation hasn't changed or maybe has even got worse. The, the abuse has got worse. Yes. What powers do you have to deal with that particular type of situation? Um, the, the, power, the only powers that we have is that we, have the, we would report it up to the police. Um, like any other individuals, we, as an, uh, as an agency, don't have any legal authority to actually do any investigation. Only the police do. So the police will be the one that will do the investigation. Um, and at the regional appeal, they have uh, specific staff, police constables assigned to this piece. Um, and we would talk to them and, and actually explain and give them all the evidence that we have. And 
what happens if it goes down the line uh, into a criminal charge that is actually brought up by the police, then they could subpoena our records that we have, uh, and then we are legally obliged to give them all the, the documentation that we keep on a regular basis as an agency. Uh, so they would look at some of those pieces and say, okay, these are sort of the signs and symptoms that we've noticed and that we've actually put onto our files as well. Right. So that's now, the piece that we have. Okay, very, very clear and helpful, that. Thanks. Now, please tell us about the ways in which elder abuse in the form of emotional abuse and neglect is confronted. How do you confront uh, those situations? Kamalish? Yeah, so th- this is where it's getting to where it's the piece that's not as um, in front of you as, like, say, physical abuse. Um, and some of the pieces that we have is... Um, you know, the the bullying is some of the humiliation, but also the emotional pieces when we're talking to our seniors and uh, talking to our clients that they come in, you know, on a regular basis, they tell us things because, you know, uh, the only way they, they do is they communicate with us uh, and they tell us on an ongoing basis saying, oh, this is happening, this is happening. So we get a pattern over time saying, okay, there's a pattern being developed. Um, why is this happening? Um, and our thing is, if there's other pieces that we know about the family as well, we're trying to actually map out what's happening and what supports we can provide when they're in our care, in our site, um, to help them through those pieces. And if it doesn't get better, again, it's the, the, for, the format that we take is we document everything. Everything that we, we know, we have, all the information that we've garnered, we document on our system. Um, and what I've told my staff is documentation, document, you have to document every single thing. So when it comes down to the point where something we have to take to the next stage, we have the document and we have the evidence that we can support all our actions as well. Um, and, you know, we've been lucky so far as an agency. We've not gone down that road in anything. Um, we've got a lot of our caregivers are, I'll say 99% of the caregivers that we work with have been, you know, on the other side where they would do anything for their loved ones. Uh, and, you know, so those been, we've been the, the lucky ones so far. But that does not mean that these things don't exist out in the community as well. And they know other people who are in a similar situation, and there is abuse that goes on. So there, there is those words that go around, word and mouthpiece, that happens with those uh, individuals. because there's, um, But there were the emotional pieces. We we have to document and then actually take the second next step. And that's where it gets really fuzzy in in that piece. It's so difficult to actually um, pin down and actually say this is the cause of this person's behaviour. Sometimes um, and the evidence is getting you know it gets weaker as time goes on as well with that piece. Right. Now, let's switch to yet another form of elder abuse, and that's financial abuse. Let's talk about, please, the ways in which financial abuse of elders is confronted. Kamalish? Yeah, I mean, uh, the financial abuse is the one that actually never gets talked about. It's never never talked about within the community, but it's always actually highlighted in various media forms 
that you see. You know, you get these big, big headlines. Um, seniors uh, were defrauded from X amount of money from uh, con artists and all sorts of things. Uh, but within the context of the South Asian community, it's never actually um, talked about, uh, where there is misuse of uh, money, there is money taken from other seniors' accounts without their knowledge, you know. So those occur on a regular basis. Um, and we see that some of those pieces because when we get clients coming in um, and then when we tell them that here's all the service that we provide for our day program, and there is a, and part of our, because of our funding agreement, we have to charge uh, an amount for the day. So once they hear about that, they say, oh, they thought it was all free. They thought, and then they said, well, I'm not sure we can afford this because, you know, we don't have any money and everything else. And then we find out through our processes that the, 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 da- the dad or the, the mother is actually getting a full pension. You know, they're getting a lot of money coming in. Um, so that's when we start questioning some of these things. Okay, where is this other dollar going to? Where is it? Then we find out it's supporting the whole family sometimes. Um, or the money is being used for uh, alternative purposes uh, for other things. That's when we start getting into this financial. Um, but and then uh, having talked to some of uh, some of these pieces with our colleagues in the police force, um, they're seeing more and more of these uh, these things, these cases coming through to them as well. And we're raising a lot of these pieces, and we explain that to the caregivers as well. Uh, and when we do our sessions around elder abuse, and we go through those pieces, and exactly those same things around financial abuse, and we we actually highlight some of those pieces, saying these are some of the things that does mean that you're financially abusing, you know, your loved ones. Because if you're not, if you're keeping them, getting, not letting them getting access to the money, you know, not spending the money that they're getting for their own benefits, um, you know, that's another form of abuse. For some of them, they never thought of it that way. That's still a piece. They thought of it as a family income that they would, you know, reuse within the family context. Um, so, so th- those are the sort of, sort of intricacies that we have to sort of deal with with some of the families, um, and explaining to them that these are, you know, it's it's financial abuse, but then they when they say, well, it's it's a family money that we come in, we are, they have access to the, all the money that we have, and you know we spend things. So there's those. Those are some of the things that we discuss with the the, the caregivers, um, and some of the, um, the the seniors that come to us are quite active and quite knowledgeable, and, and have you know their mindset is in such a way that they can work those things out as well. And they, you know, they work that, that those things out. They say, well, no, I have financial access to all my money, everything else, and you know, but that's all my money, and then I know that. So it is a bit more difficult with finance. Um, especially within a South Asian context where, uh, especially if they're living in an extended family, and within an extended family, all the money is actually come together in one pot, and then bills, everything is paid out, and, and the money is divided up that way. It becomes a kind of family money, doesn't it? And that yeah. is a sense of. It's, it's a family income money that's coming in and comes into a, a big, you know, it's like a, a big stew. You know, yes. and you stir it, and then, you know, whoever wants however much that they need, um, because they're so hungry, it gets, you know, it gets uh, so shared out that way. Um, yeah. And that does actually create problems as well. 
uh, in one respect because it could be that some people get more at times, so more on a regular basis than other people. Uh, and usually the, the seniors will always get less because their needs are less than uh, the other family members. Yeah, right. Now, we've come to the point where we have to take the break again, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Averley, and my guest is Kamalisha Visivadia. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America uh, Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're single or in a relationship, love can be hard to find. That's right. Even if you are in a relationship... Listen for Conscious Soulmates with Susan Ortolano to find out more. You'll learn how to find your way into a meaningful relationship or to make the one you're in a successful one. Through the wisdom of Susan and her guests, you'll discover what inside yourself is keeping you from being happy and in love. Conscious Soulmates is broadcast live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Kamalash Vizivadia. Our topic is India Rainbow Community Services Confront Elder Abuse. Now, Kamalash, please tell us what more you would like to do and to see done to help in confronting elder abuse. So first of all, first question, what more would you personally like to do? I think what I would like to see actually the the laws that we have actually tied up in terms of what is the definition of elder abuse and and the parameters that we have and how the prosecution piece could be followed up because I think that's the first piece that we, we need 
Um, but before that, also, there, there's other pieces around. There's an educational um, piece as well that we need to get the information out there that um, a elder abuse is, is not acceptable. It's not uh, the way we want to live in a society. Um, and, you know, the other piece is that there are other supports out there that can help seniors, help family members as well if they get to that point that they need to physically abuse their, their loved ones because they can't take any more. Um, there is that piece as well, so, you know, to sort of promote those services. Um, so for me, the other piece I have is we've been thinking about and talking about is we have a children's aid society to provide care and protection for children. We need something similar to that for our seniors as well. For me, because they have, especially our most vulnerable seniors, um, they need that protection piece as well. They need that support pieces where we can throw help them in an agency of that nature. So that that's what I would look at. And, and if I was a, a politician, that's one of the three things I would push for. Um, uh, a similar agency like the CES with similar sort of uh, powers and support services and also professionals that help them help seniors. Um, and then having access to also um, adequate, sometimes the other piece is around adequate housing where they could be taken out of that, that specific abused environment and put into an independent living environment with other additional wraparound supports that will actually uh, support them uh, and be um, independent as well. Right. Now, what more would you like to see done and by whom would you like to see it done to confront um, elder abuse? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I, say, I mean, some of the things I've just explained to you, those are the things I would like to see get done. Um, by whom? I think we need a, a, a multi-government uh, um, strategy and a, a peace coming through that they can come in and actually work together as because it's, it's different levels of, of, uh, of government that are involved, from our federal to our provincial to our local government, who have specific responsibilities um, and actually have that all integrated uh, mindset that they come together and work as one unit to provide the, the support and services and also the funding for this to happen. Um, because at the moment it's a fragmented system that we have. Um, you know, some agencies are government are responsible for some pieces. Um, some some pieces are responsible for other governments. There's local governments responsible for housing. So we need a, a coordinated effort in that piece to come together and actually uh, have that discussion um, and move some of those these pieces forward. Would you see any role, um, anything to be done? by charities or philanthropic organizations uh, in bringing the, the kind of changes that um, you would like to see? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the educational pieces could be actually the ones that could be supported by the charities or the philanthropists who can actually support those, um, um, those projects and those uh, educational pieces through funding. And uh, those could come through that. But some of the structural changes that we need um, need to come from the government. So I think there is a, 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 a role for the charities and non-profit agencies um, to play in that, that piece. Um, but we need some structural changes, and those structural changes can only be made by government, um, not by non-profit agencies within the 
system that we currently have. Perfectly fair. Now, would you go so far as to say, therefore, the things that you're talking about that need to get done are, in fact, matters for of a political nature for politicians? Would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree with that, because it's, it's the politicians that actually can push the agenda forward and actually start thinking in that, that way uh, and start actually taking the, the fight and, and actually the, the issues that the seniors have onto uh, a a platform and say, okay, here's my platform, and the seniors is a key platform. The number of seniors that exist in Ontario uh, overall is huge. Um, and so that's a, a platform that they could sort of take up and actually um, use it as a vehicle to do positive changes. Right. Now, there isn't really time to discuss this one, so I'm just going to float it because I've got another question to ask you, which um, will take up the time. But um, seniors in every community, in every culture, um, experience, let's call it what it is, dementia, Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. um, the kind of illnesses, changes in their brains and their behavior, which are very troublesome and which require caring. And it's very hard in the early stages of these these deteriorations of people to figure out whether this is something like Alzheimer's or whether it's uh, just aging or whether it's a signal that something's going wrong in their lives. Now, that's something that um, I think does need some more attention, but we'll have to do another episode, Kamalish, to, um, to discuss that one. Now, this is my final question for you. What's your message for family caregivers who are caring for elders in the communities served by India Rainbow? Um, my message is very simple. Is if, if you're getting to a point where you're finding that it's harder for you to actually provide the, uh, being a, like a caregiver, ask for help. Help is around everywhere. Help is around just around the corner. Help is just a phone call away. Pick up the phone, either call us at India Rainbow uh, or call your local CCAC, um, uh, and they will actually help you and support you uh, and bring in other professionals to throw, do that some of the caregiving, so which gives you the respite and the rest that you may need as a caregiver to actually do a better job um, and, and provide a better, better sort of environment uh, for your loved ones. So my is that pick up the phone if you're getting to a point where you know or you you know you're getting to um, to a point where you've got those things are coming in and your mindset is changing and and you're finding it more frustrating. Pick up the phone, call us uh, at India Rainbow, or call your local CCAC, or call you know um, the three one one number in, in Ontario that we have, or two one one numbers that we have. Ring them, and they will put you in touch with other agencies that you, they can provide you support with anywhere in in Ontario. So that's what I would say. Right. Just to read back to you very quickly, that is, in other words, family caregivers need support because they do get physically, emotionally, and financially exhausted. And they need caring for, just as the people who, their elders, their seniors, need caring for. That's right. Strong message. Thank you very much. Now, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this powerful and important episode. I want to say thank Kamalish very much for painting a picture that's clear, um, being able to 
foresee what's needed in the future and have some very clear and strong ideas about what needs doing first. In the, on behalf of everybody, I can only wish you the very, very best of success in your work. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Red Cross Restoring Family Links. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Speak with you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.